What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fatal. Our apologies for the dark RSS feed, but we recorded this episode on New Year's Eve with my, that's right, brand new wife. As of the past year, I have been in a relationship uh, and developing a family of sorts, so our inconvenience for the delayed episodes and the you know lack of content but we're trying to get back into full swing here so here's an episode to tie us over while we start to get back into full production it is an episode that we recorded on twitch on new year's eve with my brand new wife uh i hope you enjoy this episode is sponsored by dubby an all-natural energy formula designed to increase focus and provide energy on and off the battlefield dubby's all-natural formula consists of vitamin b3 B6, B12, C, taurine, and many more natural ingredients. Utilizing a whole fruit from a coffee plant that enhances the production of a powerful protein in the brain called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, they call neurofactor. Clinical studies show neurofactor increases brain-derived neurotrophic factor by 143%. Whether you use it as a substitute for your morning coffee or a long night of gaming, Dubby is my go-to for an energy boost. Use promo code FATALAFFAIR at checkout and save 10% off your order at w.gg now. Do you want to start with number 10? You should start with yours. Well, we'll start with number 10. Mm. Number 10... Oh, there's fireworks off in the background. Number 10. This, um, I guess, I guess at the top of all of this, I'll just say House of the Dragon. That was a good show. It was an incredible show. Fun fact, I hadn't seen Game of Thrones before that. No, and now you actually started watching Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. I, I can't believe that they recreated the magic of Game of Thrones, um... I mean, watching Viserys basically become a failed king, tearing himself apart, Rhaenyra Targaryen. We watched time skips that took Game of Thrones seasons to get to the point where we were watching 10-year-old children become 18-year-old warriors. And House of the Dragon did that in every episode was a time skip. It was years ahead. At one point, it was nine months later when her teenage friend became pregnant and, and Rhaenyra had to deal with um, staying an heiress, staying a queen, watching her lose her queendom to basically I felt her rebellion coming on faster than than most of the characters in that show like because we were going from episode three to four and all of a sudden Alicent and, and spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen House of the Dragon get the fuck on it HBO Max uh, $14 a month 13 15 get the fuck on it <laughs> totally worth it uh if you just watch one of these episodes a week and you pay for three months worth of the membership fuck it watch it in all 10 ep- uh watch all 10 episodes in a week a week and a half incredible content recreating the magic of game of thrones and by the end of the first season when when she gives that glance almost i mean i don't want to say soprano style but when she gave that glance in the final episode i can't wait to see what war unfolds I don't know if I'm as bad a character as they are in the show, but I just, it's going to be amazing. Well, it's like the, that meme of a uh, Damon, like looking out in the ocean yeah. and everything. And like, like laying on gotta, the sand. I got to wait till 2024. <laughs> oh no. I'm excited um, for that. Courtney, what, what's your number 10? Getting back into uh, social media this year. Well. And also Twitch possibly. Well, not possibly. Well, possibly. That's yeah. happening in 2023. Yeah. Like, we have the OBS and everything else set up for her 
for next year. It's really ready to go whenever she decides to do it. Maybe some tweaking here and there, but all we need is three average viewers for her to become a Twitch affiliate. And I know that there's people out there who, as loyal as they are to this channel, will help her get that as quick as possible. Um, If you don't follow her on socials, Instagram, and TikTok, uh, Courtney underscore spooks on both, and she's a dynamo powerhouse on both of them. So what what would what, what have been your uh, favorite thing getting back into social media? As much as you hate it, I love TikTok just because I like doing the audios. Well, see, I'm not a I always find funny ones, and I like to do, like, dialogue between myself. <laughs> and that's the best part. I think that's the only gratifying part about it. But when people go into it expecting themselves to be hot or quote something, when they start to do, like, uh, those audios, um, trying to think of some of them, like, fuck me like you want me. Uh, yeah, pull those draws down, scream, yeah. no baloney. Like, I don't need to watch a blonde girl with her phone going. Yeah, nobody Like, I don't to need to that. see that. It, it's, I don't that. really give a shit about it. So that's your number 10, right? Mm-hmm. That's it? Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can move on to motherfucking number nine. Do it. Let's do it. Do it right. Number nine. You can go first on this one because I'm still kind of iffy on my number nine. Well, mine's not that interesting, but my number nine is getting a new job that I can work from home and I don't have to work at Starbucks anymore. You know, remote location jobs are absolutely incredible. You've They're got my amazing. you've got my own mother asking how can she do what you do. Mm-hmm. I work from home. I get to pick the hours I want. But are they to 40 hours immediately? Would they give that to any person around the country with pre-screening? Sure, but like not a I mean, full verification. Do, I mean, you have to do the full three weeks of training and it's a lot of information, but... I mean, I know. I feel like a damn genius at this point with it. I know streamers who quit streaming after the first two, three days. So if you stick with a almost like a backroom training course online, that's got to be validating in itself. Like you deserve to be doing a remote location job if you show up for all of the fucking pre courses and, and pretense of things. That in itself is a challenge. So you'd say you like it. Oh, I love it. I worked for Starbucks for nine and a half years. I was over it. Well, over it. Well, it's got to be a level up from there. My number nine, um, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess I'll go with Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel, uh, as anybody knows, Disney Plus came out with a six-episode adaptation of the very popular 2014 comic, uh, female-ran, female-operated, female-written, beautiful rendition, retaking of the name Miss Marvel that we had given to Captain Marvel in the early 2000s to try and retcon female empowerment um, in, into the right direction, less so giving the Blackbird outfit, uh, quote-unquote the Blackbird outfit, officially given to the the original Miss Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, before she was adapted into to the MCU, and even prior to then, adapted into the the new age of marvel writing we had basically dismissed the name miss marvel but we were able to bring it back up in a fangirl because in as such as a spiritual name as a to a fangirl as miss marvel is she would know all the classics as a comic nerd you're going to look at carol danvers and be like well her name's miss marvel is that anti-feministic i'm not one to say but in the writing and the success that we have given to that new character, she's a Pakistani uh, 14, 15-year-old girl uh, from Jersey City. We, she, Her success had taken off so hard, so highly, that within eight years, she gets a multi-million dollar show on a billion dollar streaming platform. And were, was every episode like Emmy award winning? No. But in that, we had gotten the struggles of things. We had gotten social commentary, such as the police opening fire on children of 
biracial cultural background. And a lot of these things, they impact heavily when you watch it. Even the episode where the police open up, the, the beginning intro and commentary, uh, what is it? The disclaimer says some scenes may be sensitive to viewers. And Disney doesn't do that. I saw them do that one other time in a program for Disney Plus, and that was The Sound of Music. And do you, do you know what The Sound of Music is based around? The Holocaust. There's literally Nazis opening fire on the family at the end of the... They, they film a Nazi rally at the end of The Sound of Music, and they have a disclaimer in Disney Plus because people will watch that movie and be like, oh, I, I look so fondly upon this. But when did that movie come out? Like the fucking early 70s, late 60s? Somewhere around, like, a very around, yeah, around that time. And we're just making commentary on Nazi propaganda, Nazi imagery. And Disney was like, this is a great idea. So, in the same sense, I, I, I maybe I'm taking it a little too extremist um, extremist in perspective for Miss Marvel. But at the end of that, uh, it's it's good public commentary. Falcon and the Winter Soldier did the same thing, but that didn't come out this year. Cops are very quick to to alienate and persecute them of african-american culture and background but miss marvel at the end of that series uh they played a little familiar nostalgic tone which we didn't do an episode on spotify for at the time of the show because i didn't have the right uh, production background and setting but i had wish i had because it had such a cultural impact by the end of the last 35 seconds of not the post credit scene, because the post credit scene is Carol Danvers popping in with Miss Marvel. But before the end credits, it's Miss Marvel talking to her friend Bruno. And spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen a show that's fucking nine months out of release now. Maybe less. Six? Six-ish months. About six-ish months. They confirm mutants. In the most live action of ways, the 1992 X-Men theme, uh, when her friend Bruno says, there's something in your DNA like a mutation. And the beautiful nostalgic tone that we get at the end of that that series is which is just if that doesn't tickle your nostalgic fancy your brains don't recede back to when you were a 10 year old i don't know what the fuck will so my number nine goes to miss marvel so i guess we'll go into number nine I, all of them nine. yeah well no sorry eight all of these won't be as fully detailed, but uh, if I wanted to do an hour and a half on Spotify, I will. I can. Yeah, and could. we might. You definitely could. Hey, this is a hell of an episode itself, so I can post it. Number eight. Oh, man. I've got an honorable mention for number eight, but I'm going to let you go here. Okay, my number eight. Stranger Things season four. Oh, that's such a good one. That's such a good one. Go ahead. I mean, not only did we get just an amazing season, we got also some great characters. One of mine, which I know you don't like as much as Eddie Munson. Like, Fucking come Eddie. on. Fucking amazing. Eddie. Fucking Eddie. Amazing. I just love the relationship him and Dustin have. It's like kind of, well, it's not the same relationship him and Dustin and Steve have, obviously, but it's like. It's pretty powerful. It's, it's a great, it's a great relationship. And that was probably my favorite duo in that season in season four you know i I, I say the easiest person to bounce off of as a character i mean let's just say this mike has become a cardboard stick in the (laughs) ground yeah he's kind of boring if i step anywhere mike has i'm gonna get my foot stabbed with how many sticks in the mud that he has left behind but well him and will byers yeah will will can go away entirely i think the whole show needs to be dustin things that stranger dustin (laughs) yes yeah I also liked Vecna. Vecna. I Sorry don't... if I'm spoiling anything, but if you haven't watched season four yet, like, what are you doing? 
Oh, dude. dude. <laughs> this is a full spoiler. We'll put the spoiler intro Sorry. when we upload this on um, but Vecna, come with Audacity. On. And Amazing. Else. Maybe I'm just biased here because like, I'm a huge fan of the actor who played Vecna, Jamie Campbell-Bauer. So he did so good. He did amazing. He did so good. He did really great. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't see anything coming when he had shown up in that hospital. When when they introduced him as like the orderly, I I had some suspicions. I was like, I had okay, this nothing. Guy, this this guy. I'm like this guy. I had nothing. This, this some, there's something fishy about this. Dude. I just literally thought that they were employing people against their will. <laughs> like the way that they had like, introduced this kid. You get to work here now. Yeah, you have a medical degree. Uh, you're stuck. And I thought they were just either chaining you're people. A, it's either you work here or you're a patient. And to to dance around the spoiler of that, if nobody has had Netflix for, for the time being or you're waiting for the show to be released or anything else, I, I'll just say the payoff with that character is beyond gratifying. Um. Even up until the second to last episode of the last episode, there's so much emotion that goes on in the craziest, craziest part of me. Like, getting the character reveal and seeing everything that happens with all these characters is not as satisfying as knowing what uh, Eleven... I can't even remember the machine that she goes in. She goes into the machine, and we find out that that machine is putting her in her past thoughts. Yeah. Like, it's a... It's a um, what is it? A deprivation tank. Yeah. I, I forget what the full name of that is. It's a, um, like, body deprivation. Yeah. And so she's basically stuck in... And they've always tried to do this. That was kind of the whole thing with Stranger Things, is if they get her in a tub and they, like, put her underwater or something, she, yeah, she gets uh, sensory deprivation. Covered and, yeah. She gets sensory sensory deprivation and that's when she goes into the black rooms of such but this machine is basically that in cerebro from x-men fused together and um realizing that past her i thought it was all current her being in like a class with her father like oh okay daddy take me back i want to learn how to become 11 again papa and when you find out that, and I don't know if I'm the only one who caught on to this so very late in the, into the episodes, when you see that she's seeing the scene that she was seeing in the past, this already sounds convoluted as fuck, then it hit me, oh shit, she's seeing her memories. Yeah. It didn't hit me until we saw the murder scene of all the oh, kids and everything. Know. No, I, I didn't I realize know. until I saw those kids, like everybody dead on the walls and shit. And I'm like, oh, this is the past. And then what everything happens with like that orderly character i let's just say season five is gonna be it's fucking awesome if the way season five can unfold story yes it is absolutely last season i'm not sure it'll be the best one but the duffer brothers had a philosophy that if a show goes past season five you didn't write it correctly correct that you didn't write an open and closed book i did uh, i don't agree with that comment in general because supernatural yes yeah i know you're gonna supernatural how dare you do that to my 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 dean and sam and castiel and crowley yeah what what is that number eight that was eight and that was your eight so i have to go on my eight we got 30 minutes wow there's so much can i say an honorable mention well i was gonna do my honorable mentions later but go for it well i I don't want to do it by the end of the show because my honorable mention it's dr strange in the multiverse of madness you can understand why that was an honorable mention i don't want to go too far (laughs) into it but it, it doesn't deserve to be at the bottom of the list but it damn sure can't be in the top five my honorable mention for number eight is dr strange in the multiverse of madness because the hype around that movie and when i went into it i the first 10 minutes reveals kind of post end game we won't go too far into it post end game 
activity and uh, present day activity in the life of Stephen Strange. But with Sam Raimi directing it, he has such a campy directing style that I knew that the CGI was going to let me know that the storytelling is going to be as campy as the CGI. And normally that's not the, a lot of the times that's not the case with a lot of properties, but I was incredibly let down. It was more like Wanda in the Multiverse of Sadness. It was Wanda grieving as much as WandaVision was eight episodes of her grieving and no payoff. Uh, they did my girl dirty. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, please come back for the Agatha Harkness show. I didn't enjoy it. It was three universes and one of which meant nothing to five people who were able to kill Thanos and Wanda has proven to fail against Thanos. Yeah, she was going to win, but not that quickly to take down five superheroes in as a combined power. So Doctor Strange, you get my honorable number eight, but ah, God damn it. It was just so bad. So bad. My real number eight is, <laughs> is Thor Love and Thunder. Such a good movie. You thought that was great. I loved it. Okay, see, comedically, amazing. Color palette, amazing. Yeah. Um, That's why I liked it. It was something different. It was... It was different. I liked it. Characteristically, I could spend 17 hours with Chris Hemsworth. As a movie goes in rewatchability, I can't rewatch it. If I were to rewatch it four times, I'd have to turn it off halfway through. Three times... You get three rewatches. I'll take three rewatches with it. Christian Bale in his bag. Oh my god, Christian Bale in his that. bag. Nailed that episode. Nailed he was that. fucking nailed phenomenal. That. The only thing I didn't like about that movie is Natalie Portman. <laughs> I don't think I can ever watch anything with Natalie Portman. I just Portman. don't like her. She's such a plain... Very plain Jane. Well, her name or... is Jane Foster. She's a plain Jane Foster. I don't even like saying the plain Jane thing because that's insulting in a way to me. To other to, Janes? To other people. But I'm just saying like, <laughs> she's just very... She's very vanilla. Oh. Oh, yeah. She's a boring person, and all the characters she ever plays and anything I've ever seen, I'm just like, she's the same person. I can't, I can't do it. Okay, I will say this, and I told you this in the theater when we watched it together, and I even, I was even caught left field, because maybe there's other people that knew what was going to go on, they saw mm-hmm. IMDb, something or other, they saw things that were coming. When we went into this movie, the only thing I had seen was the trailer, and I knew that the title was coming out, I knew the release date, so when me and Courtney went to go see it, I, I w- looked at her in the theater, and I at one point, Natalie Portman's talking to somebody and she's very intrigued in science and she's going like, oh, do you know this? Do you know this? And the guy's like, oh, that's cool. Like, why are you talking to me? And I go, is she in a doctor's office? Mm-hmm. I asked Courtney, is she in a doctor's office? And I had known that if that was the actuality, I knew that when I saw her in a doctor's office, they had gained the courage to do the storyline where Jane Foster has cancer. I mean, you can't do that storyline without having this character have a mortality because there's a reason she has to become the Mighty Thor. I had thought in speculation, the closest you can get is maybe the reality stone that was imbued in her blood in the first or the second Thor movie would have given her the dependency on that power to, to give her a mortality to possibly kill her but i give this number eight even though it's like a 6.5 out of 10 sort of movie i give it the place of number eight purely because of the courage of how deep they were willing to go with tragedy as a comedic as a movie as it is and as rainbow palleted as a movie as it is gore the god butcher went through tragedy losing his daughter and natalie portman went through tragedy possibly losing her own life until the end of the movie you realize which one of those things become true so that's why that is my number eight in a six and a half out of ten movie we're gonna move on to number seven on that one Number seven. Do you want to start? Sure. This is a music one. I'm going to have to go with number seven as the Bad Omens album, Death of Peace of Mind. That's an incredible album. It's a freaking amazing masterpiece. Well, it's a TikTok by storm. But 
Yeah, now I, I am a little worried with how popular it is on TikTok that it's gonna veer. It's gonna. I, I I just hope that they don't go down the same road as Bring Me the Horizon and decide like, hey, this metal stuff is great, but let's do this now because everybody's liking this. You know, even on the side topic of metal, uh, there's a lot of different bands that go from their genre to pop, and pop stands yeah. for there's. When you think of metal, you think of a very specific sound. When you think of punk, you think of kind yeah, of against the grain. People, most people think screaming, loud stuff. When punk, it's kind of like uh, you can go anywhere from the the Blink-182 sound to the My Chemical Romance sound. You can hear like, you are never coming home. Or you can be like, because you don't. You know, there's like, yeah. there's a punk sound to punk and there's a metal sound to metal. Even rap, it's, um, you can get very specific sounds from that. When you think pop, Pop, we have to remember, has the same genre as... I'll bring Pink into this because of recent acknowledgement. You have Pink, BTS, uh, which is K-pop. Bring Me the Horizon is now under that genre. And and so The Weeknd, Usher, Justin Bieber, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. Like, there's just so many pop musicians where you can be like, why are these sounds so different but under the same exact guise? And Bad Omens being a metal band, uh, I agree a million percent. Once you popularize them and they start to get pressured into a certain corner of sound, it's going to be a little difficult to get out of. All right, what's your number seven? My number seven, I'm going to have to give it to Daredevil's appearance in She-Hulk. All right. I don't think She-Hulk altogether. Daredevil and She-Hulk uh, represents everything about what's going to be the Born Again storyline and brings in the classic Matt Murdock costume, not as cheesy as it is, and even she makes social commentary on it being ketchup and mustard colored. Mm-hmm. But his flawlessness and reaction, him ducking the Hulk's punch, um, the She-Hulk's punch, he he is effortless. And he you can tell he's still blind and deaf, but just the movements he makes in the character, they were very specific to choreograph such an incredible character. So that's my number seven. Let's clear through to number six. I mean, as an entire show, She-Hulk is is entertaining to say the least it is very entertaining if you take it lightly for a marvel property within the marvel universe it is a very entertaining show i wouldn't say every episode's worth it but the last episode is so fourth wall breaking deadpool would be jealous how can you how can you make an episode of marvel television and make satire of kevin feige himself like in the most blunt of ways just go watch the series the last episode is a fucking riot uh, it it kind of makes it feel like the entire series doesn't matter, but in a way where the, I can't be mad at it of how they delivered it. So let's go into number six. All right, my number six, just something really normal. Getting my best birthday present I've ever gotten, besides you, Nintendo Switch from you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Was that this year? Yeah, it was, well, January. Yeah, oh. spoiler, bir- birthdays are in January. Yeah, fun times. Yeah, some birthdays are. I mean... Well, I'm saying my birthday, whatever. <laughs> oh, yes, your birthday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was at the beginning of the year, so, yeah. Well, even though I got you a Switch, a beautiful present, you didn't want the Ultra HD edition, the, uh, I forget what the what it's actually called, the console itself, the upgraded, the OLED, the OLED, uh, OLED. I just like the one that is. Oh, it, yeah, I yeah, know, it works out great for what you use it for, but I also got you Animal Crossing, and you haven't even played past 30 <laughs> minutes of that game. I bought you Smash, and I could still defeat you on a on a dime. Mario Kart, I'll give you that. 
We played enough Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Kart. I've beat him a few times, and few he times. doesn't like to admit it. But I, I've out of five hundred, I've beaten you like five or six times. Five out of five hundred is like point zero one percent. Whatever. I still beat you when you talk all this smack all the time, saying I'm a oh, smack nobody talker. Nobody can beat me. Nobody can beat me. Smack, I smack, 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 sugar, smack. Give me a smack, and I'll smack your back. Yeah, Golden Smacks. This uh, episode's not sponsored by Golden Smacks. <laughs> All right, what's your number My six? number six is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And yes, this is the oh, no. third and final oh, no. Marvel title on oh, this no. list. Um, he came home crying. I went there crying. I went without makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I went without That's makeup. That's true. He decided not to wear makeup because he knew he would cry. Because I knew I'd come home looking like a prom queen. The movie starts heartbreaking as fuck, addressing the cow in the room, the elephant in the room, uh, with Chadwick Boseman's death. They handle it brilliantly in the first five minutes of the series, uh, the show, the movie, into the Marvel credits, the intro credits, in full silence, with full acknowledgement, great tribute to Chadwick. It's two hours of addressing grief to somebody, watching the stages of denial, two worlds in the same problem, as if, you know, people are dealing with the same problem, same tragedy. Not We're not just isolating the story into one part of the earth, but it had a beautiful message, and we were able to heal by the end of the movie, and by the end of that, meeting the continuity of a character so legendary it's not with the death of the actor that we have to end the character but with the legendary and sorry the legacy of the character we can continue through similar rights we can pass on the torch and i think that's what a lot of phase four and phase five is with marvel is passing on the torch so that's why it's my number six but as rewatchability i won't give the movie a 10 out of 10 first watch the movie is an eight eight i'll give it a solid eight rewatchability three and a half because you you know the feelings you had you can only shed so many tears the movie doesn't own my tears for the rest of life but it is a beautiful message on first watch and uh that's why it's my number six so we're gonna move on number five go ahead another music one well okay go ahead maybe not everybody knows who this band is but lorna shore's album pain remains it's their first full-length album with their new vocalist Will Ramos. Would you say it's uh, for a new listener or maybe somebody familiar of the genre, is it worth their time to be halfway up your list? Absolutely. Like, the band Lorna Shore has gone through their vocalists. I think, uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if they've had three or four vocalists total, but this last, the newest one, Will, he literally takes the cake for all of them. Absolutely amazing. They released the song to the Hellfire back last year, 2021, and that's when they announced him as the new vocalist, and that that shit blew up so hard on the internet, and even on, uh, I just kept seeing people reacting to it on TikTok. They're like, what is this? This sounds like it's coming from hell. I was like, well, it's to the Hellfire. It's beautiful. That's a beautiful sentiment. Yeah, it's it's great. If you couldn't tell, that's the kind of music I'm into, but heavy, you know, the heavy, heavy stuff. You're so modest and beautiful. And hot Mm, and gorgeous. So that's halfway up your list. That's number five. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, my number five. What's your number five? What's your number five? My number five is uh, Dragon Ball Superhero. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) I went to also see that by myself because nobody's going to share in that sentimentality. But, I mean, I have an entire tattoo sleeve uh, mostly dedicated to Dragon Ball. He does, and he has has Goku. Uh, Goku. I mean, Sean Schemmel signed my back. Five times. And I had to. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of tribute to Goku himself. Um, Sean Schemmel I had told in person when I had met him that he had voiced my entire childhood. There, there's a 
legacy with Goku, speaking of legacy, as I've made a lot of my my choices in top 10 about, I told him his voice taught us to never be scared. Uh, When Goku spoke or fought or did something in the name of justice, uh, which his son took a little too far, we listened. And that's kind of how we treat people today. Maybe with the same naive or stupidity that Goku did, uh, we give people chances, we help heal, and we fight for these people if, you know, if we can take these lessons as pure to heart. But like I said, with Gohan taking his lessons justice a little too far, Gohan decides to get back into training and Piccolo has to coax him into using it in the movie. Definitely a fun, fun watch. The animation took me out of it a couple times because it's kind of, I don't want to say cell shaded, but there's like a 2.5D animation to it where Dragon Ball is classically better, better depicted by the 90s animation that it had, that hardcore kind of gritty, uh, straight-lined animation very good drawing style but by the end of the movie we see so many tributes to things i mean i'll leave it at this in my number five watching gohan reach a new level and using the special beam cannon against a version of cell brought me back to my childhood watching it on toonami watching the cell saga arguably the reason a lot of us watched dragon ball was the cell saga it hit home but like Black Panther, it falls short in the rewatchability department. So I'll still give Dragon Ball Super Broly um, the title of better movie in the Super franchise, but Superhero is an incredible installment. And if Dragon Ball Z had 13 movie installments, I'll take two movie installments in Dragon Ball Super. And uh, 2022 gets the acknowledgement of Dragon Ball Superhero. You ready for number four? Number four. Another music one. <laughs> My favorite band of all time, Motionless and White, their new album, Scoring the End of the World. Mm. Chef's Kiss. Masterpiece, huh? It's beautiful. Well, and they have a song, Masterpiece. How long have you been a fan of Motionless and White? Um, 2005, 2006. So, 16 years. A very long time. Or Pretty much level since years. they've been a band. So, you're saying that this album holds up to the reason that you became a fan of them? I mean, it's not my favorite album, but it is an amazing album. So now the question begs, what do you rate the album? Ooh, I don't know, because there's so many. I would say it's in. I would say it's definitely in the top three of the albums. Wow, that's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, it's definitely in their top three. They have some amazing songs on that. Jesus. Favorite one's called Slaughterhouse. <laughs> so uh, would you 10 out of 10 recommend or 8 out of 10... 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 recommend. 10 out of 10 all the time with Motionless and White. Go on Spotify and for twelve ninety nine you can own this album. <laughs> it's a great album. <laughs> it sounds great. I mean, you could also listen to it I free. even got a new pop socket just today. Wait, can you see can it? Can you tell? Not? She's a Motionless fan. Motionless and White pumpkin one. I have a shirt with that <laughs> on it. <laughs> I mean, half of our room is uh, the lead singer of uh, Motionless and White. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Two signed freaking uh, two signed pictures of him that's I it. often find myself going to the bathroom and saying hi Chris motionless and you know kissing him <laughs> I kiss my hand and rub it on his lips oh my god I hope he feels good. it I may not be uh as diehard a fan as she is but Chris is staring at me when I fall asleep adorable thank you okay, number four for my you. number four is the release of overwatch 2 and here's I'm only gonna put it on the list as high up as as I'm going to is because the hype around it is so magnificent when I first played overwatch I was um in Salt Lake City Utah and it distracted me from everything I was doing music business wise it was like my go-to I was also playing mirror's edge catalyst at the time but and rocket League when that was first coming onto consoles but Overwatch was such a magnificent step 
for Blizzard in the direction of a genre that had already been oversaturated by Call of Duty, Halo, uh, Battlefield. But Overwatch was... It, it was like a love letter to Team Fortress. Uh, another game that made Valve as big as it is to have an entire platform dedicated to selling other games is because they had paved the way for specific genres. So Overwatch, Blizzard basically said, hold my beer and released Overwatch. And with Overwatch 2 releasing free to play, I was there when the servers crashed. I was pissed off. Courtney remembers. I was sitting there with my arms crossed on the couch. He was. Super upset. Uh, our kids being like, are you going to play it? And I'm like, I don't know. Am I? And I was kind of insulting them about certain things. Oh, and then they're like, hey. Yeah, they're laughing at my misery. <laughs> and um, I was. cute. They're kids. Yeah, I was incredibly upset, though. Irregardless. Overwatch 2 uh, is a beautiful installment to the series, uh, a great sequel, but the worst part is the microtransactions. If you don't have a desire to get a skin, it is a great game. It is a beautiful perfection of an already very well-installed uh, original title. But I'm just asking Blizzard, can we have a better battle pass or maybe like the chance to earn free skins through sure give me hard work make it warframe style give me days of completionist but i'm not gonna pay 20 dollars for a single skin i'm sorry either way it earned my number four here's number three number three go ahead number three my newest addition to tattoos i don't even know how i'm gonna get this in camera let's see i love how personal your your numbers are for this list to get that in. It is Ghostface from Ghostface. the horror movie franchise Scream. Ghostface is one of my all-time favorites. I remember seeing the first Scream movie as a little child at a sleepover. Do you know what else came out this year? The new Scream movie. Wasn't that big of a fan that one. Okay, so you're going to put number three as the tattoo you got, but not the continuity the of the franchise. The tattoo because it's the start to my horror theme sleeve, but Scream is always hold always held a close place in my heart as some of my favorite horror movies. I'm not a... Okay. Out of all the movies they made in the franchise so far, the newest one is probably my last two favorites of them. But the first the first original Scream from 96 is the absolute best one, hands down. So it's a big... That's a number because it's very personal to you. Yeah. That's a beautiful like thing. Like I said, I saw that when I was at a sleepover when I was a kid. And if you don't know, follow Courtney underscore spooks on all the socials. Uh, <laughs> that's a great plug right there. Well, I appreciate yeah. that that's your number three. Yeah. When it was on VHS, if that doesn't tell you how old I am. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're not a day over 18. <laughs> when you rented it at like Blockbuster, you know, when Blockbuster was a And thing you don't too? even know what Bunch of Crunches, so I don't... I, question you know your crunches, i don't you know about that about? we were talking about P bunch of crunch and popcorn the other day i don't re i didn't never said i didn't know what it was the kids eat bunch of crunch yeah i don't know yeah. what that is if you don't put bunch of crunch in your popcorn fuck I just you didn't say i did that because i've never done that yeah if you don't chew big red fuck, fuck you fuck yeah me. well it is All what right. it is anyway. my number three <laughs> is pokemon scarlet and violet uh so many people hated on this game for bugs and any other reason, but if you go into this with the giddiness of a kid playing Pokemon, um, you can't beat it. Open world, new Pokemon, new starters, uh, a whole new adventure. I mean, as one of the lyrics in Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver, what is it, Johto? Uh, it's a whole new world we live in. Yeah, it's an incredible game. Um, 
so many just incredible new designs. I wasn't the biggest fan of black and white, and a lot of the installments have been lackluster, sort of piggybacking on the franchise. But Scarlet and Violet have my vote for number three. Pick it up and and really just enjoy it. I can't wait to see where that game goes with DLC and everything else. But let's move on to number two. We're getting closer to midnight. Yeah, we are. I have honorable mentions, but I guess I can do those after. We're going to do honorable mentions after midnight Sounds to good. close out the show. All right, my number two is going to be getting to move in with you. Oh, man. I can't wait having, for you to hear my number one. Having, whole, <laughs> having our whole, having <laughs> me and the kids live with you, it's been the best. I can't uh, wait for you to hear my four, number one. Four months. About four months since about, we've been doing this. We've been dating been a lot great. longer. I love being able to see you every morning when I wake up. That's and beautiful. see you every night when I go to bed. That's beautiful. I'm going to cuddle the shit out of you later. You better. Yeah. I mean, we've both been content creators a very long time, but to watch worlds collide on that aspect, uh, I think that's a beautiful number two. Yeah. Especially since I get to eat so great. He cooks me the best food in the world. You know what's funny about this? Uh... I'm going to put you to shame with our number one. You were even insulted when I told you like my first five in this list and you were like, oh, so I'm number two. I'm like, no, no, no. It's just, it's what I'm naming. You're like, I'm glad I'm number two to Pokemon. Well, you're going to seem like a fool after this. My number two, and this is the nerd inside of me, um, somebody who as a kid just fascinated by this game uh, could not stop all of this. Do you know what it is? You want to say it with me at the same time? It is World, World of, of Warcraft, Warcraft. Dragonflight. <laughs> Uh, an incredible expansion coming back to the the origin of this game that what makes this game magical they really focused on detail design storytelling uh sense of adventure in an endless world it wasn't just uh mechanically about a specific story it was something grander than itself uh and dragonflight is on sale now it's 50 60 bucks you can't beat it if you want to get back into world of warcraft this is your time to do it because everything feels great the evoker class feels great it's a healer class versus the tank and dpas that we had in legion it's not as thematic yes the theme is dragons but if dragons aren't a theme in a game of fantasy then what the fuck is it so our number one has to be quick because we're about to hit 1159 here for midnight my number one my number one is getting getting engaged engaged. (laughs) To you well it looks like we have the same number one but it also has to do with moving in with you and the kids so i hope you feel like a fool still whatever yeah whatever i love you you beautiful woman i love you and um i think that'll do it for our top 10 list yeah we're gonna do, do our honorable, honorable mentions, mentions after, a few after midnight but i could be faster i don't have to talk like in depth about them i just want to mention things so at about this time we're gonna be doing honorable mentions so at this time in the recording if there is so much <laughs> so much noise from these fireworks. I apologize, but it is now January 1st, 2023 at 12.01am. 12.02. So let's get through honorable mentions in our top 10, the countdown from 2022. Courtney, what's your honorable mentions? One of the first ones being The Batman. Oh, so good. Robert Pattinson. So good. Such a great Batman. The best, that, movie the was, best Batman. that movie was beautiful from beginning to end. Can I just say um, this as you say that, I attribute my condolences and love towards the late, great Kevin Conroy. Because that's my Batman, along with Michael Keaton. But we still have Keaton. We still have the Keat dog. Yeah. Keat man. The Keat man. Bat Michael. So what's your next honorable mention? Let's see. I have a very weird fascination with uh, liking anything to do with serial killers and documentaries. Dahmer. 
Dahmer, Dahmer with Evan Peters. My love, Evan Peters. I love him in American Horror Story. I've loved him before that. But he did such an amazing job playing Jeffrey Dahmer. It was fucking crazy how, like, spot on he was. I just want to watch a movie. It's so... Do you know how many TikToks I've seen where people were just like, I'm he's sure. like, like he's putting the TV the on and then he's just like, hold on, you're going to watch this with <laughs> me, but it's like something else. It's like a music video or something. Like, you got to watch this. If, uh, yeah. if you haven't watched Dahmer, I mean, I get it if you're not into serial killer things, but Dahmer is like a really good show. Yes, disturbing because it's based on real things, but it, it was a great show. They did an amazing job doing it. That's a great it. honorable mention. It was great. What's your next? Also, uh, the movie, what was it, Prey? Oh, my God. Is that really on your honorable yeah. mentions? That is a phenomenal yeah. mention. Yeah. That is fucking amazing. If you're into those kind of movies. No, if you're into Alien versus Predator, let, let's just say, quote, Prey unquote, underline, underline, bold-faced Predator, that is Predator 1. I don't give a Prey fuck who great. you are. Prey is the best prequel to Predator uh, any prequel could be. That was so good. It was amazing. So good. I want to rewatch it now. That's an incredible. It's great. That's great. Now I'm trying to remember what all came out around those times. I can't even. (laughs) I can't. Can't remember. Mm. So good. You look great. You look great. You look great. Anything else? Um. My next one. If anybody is a fan of My Chemical Romance. Oh my goodness. The comeback shows of My Chemical Romance. They came back. A few years ago, but because of COVID, everything got messed up. So they started doing their shows again this year. I didn't, unfortunately, get to go to any of those shows. But I'm just happy that they're back. And Mr. Gerard Way gracing the stage with wonderful outfits every time. A cheerleader, a nun. I saw the cheerleader one. Um, Which made me think of uh, Stranger Things with Crazy Wake Up. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful gem um, we got from that show. He just dressed up amazing outfits. I loved it. Oh, yeah. All right. What's your last honorable mention? <laughs> okay. Because I'm just a nerd and I'm, I'm born in the 80s here, but big 90s kid here. He didn't disappear entirely, but I will have to say the comeback of Brendan Fraser. Wow. I love <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Wow. I don't think any of us disagree with you on that one. No. He's a great human. And I'm just so happy that he's coming back and doing things and getting recognized for just how amazing he is like some of my favorite movies of him are obviously in the 90s uh encino man yeah go ahead um airheads airheads which you have not seen no, i've never seen airheads is he in biodome <sighs> not in biodome but he does make That's a very sure. small appearance in the movie son-in-law which never is which is a Polly shore movie but Polly Shore is like on a college campus and he's having a, a costume party and you see Brendan Fraser's character as Linkovich Chamowski, the caveman in Encino Man. He just makes an appearance in the room for just like a second. Who's his character? It was great. But yes, I stand him. Oh, that's a great stand. He's great. That's a great I've, stand. I've loved him since the 90s. He's amazing. Is that all of your honorable mentions? That is my honorable mentions. Well, I guess it's down to my last honorable mentions before we end this stream in the next six minutes. One of my honorable mentions is Will Smith backhanding <laughs> fucking Chris Rock. <laughs> Bitch. 
that's one of the greatest things I have ever seen. But you know what? Um, Will Smith is a douchebag. And he no, got what he, he is a he, massive he, douchebag. He got what he deserved by He's getting ba- basically blacklisted now. Yeah, from a lot of things. Because he shouldn't have done that. No, he should not have And of have course, you know, Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, just sitting in the audience was like, yeah, shit. you better stand up for me. Piece of shit. I'll say that. I don't care. We're going to put that on Spotify. Piece of shit. Um, Chris Ross. My next honorable mention... That was a great honorable mention. Thank you. Say that. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if you're aware of the next honorable mention. I don't know if you know about this. There's a kid at the Game Awards who went on stage with, I believe it was Elden Ring, and he had to thank his uh, his rabbi, Bill Clinton. And he was about 13 years old, and he went on stage with a production team and said, I'd like to thank my uh, my rabbi, Bill Clinton. I did not know this. Well, he's definitely on my honorable mentions for being <laughs> so, such a legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh my next one i'm gonna try and get the, through these quickly my next one is um ash ketchum's journey has ended from in pokemon the man started uh about 25 years ago and ever since then he's been traveling with pikachu a level 7000 pikachu that can thunderbolt legendaries out of the sky deities that have created half of the world ash ketchum's journey has ended he has become a pokemon master so we salute you, Ash Ketchum, on your journey on this nerd cast of many different sorts and uh, all-around roundtable discussion. Thank you, Ash, for the many, many adventures we've been on together. That that almost wraps it up for me. I want to say God of War Ragnarok, but I have not played it yet. He has not. I hear incredible things about it. I can't even say another game that came out this year from the from the forefront of my knowledge, but I'm sure I'll be honorable mentioning tons of shit down the way uh i played need for speed heat this year that was cool that was very cool everything else um i think that about wraps it up for us i hope everybody enjoyed that episode of the fatal foils we'll be back with a brand new series starting soon you can catch this podcast on apple google spotify stitcher and audrey thanks for listening Oh, you know what I did not say that was in my top 10 list that I'm going to give my number zero slot to? Andor. (laughs) Hell yeah. I have to give my number zero slot to Andor. Yeah, I was waiting. I didn't know. I forgot that you didn't mention that. This will be probably post-outro. I'm going to save this for the post-outro of the episode. (laughs) Um, Andor, if I can go on a tangent for the next two minutes, Andor is one of the single greatest pieces of media outside of nerd fandom that just so happens to be Star Wars, something we have long awaited to be rejuvenated to former glory. And when we thought it was Mandalorian, thanks to Jon Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni going into the original style of film even when they had done it with transitions in clone wars and writing in clone wars bringing back original characters that we had to save from the prequel trilogy andor is such a fucking battle cry to what could be great storytelling the warcraft movie was a failure so many adaptations become failures detective pikachu was an incredible attempt and thankfully they left the the franchise name of pokemon outside of that movie so that ryan reynolds can do his thing and operate the way that he does he brings things into the light like deadpool go ahead no i was just gonna say honorable mention ryan reynolds ryan ryan reynolds is the most honorable mention but andor (laughs) 
If you don't know about Andor, please go watch it for your own sake. If you're looking for an episodic uh, series that exceeds a, a out of 10 scale, it is a 75 out of 10. It is so great. Uh, it has you crying in multiple episodes. I came up to her in the... He would cry all the time. In the season premiere, the first two episode season premiere of that, I walked upstairs and she said, what is wrong? I looked at her and I started crying and I said, finally, something fucking good. <laughs> like, it is so fucking amazing. Incredible. Andor has my number zero slot. So this is the outro post episode. <laughs> I mean, you know, thank you for listening on that front. Andor. I just want to name this episode Andor.